Yo, what's up? This is your boy, Joey Burnham. And this is Fred Freeze. Fred Frio. Yes, this is Rio. Everything is grinded. Nothing is petito. And this is another episode of the Grown-Ass Man Hip-Hop Show. Today, Fred and I have a very dope artist with us today. Thank you for having me on the show, yo. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot I didn't even introduce my Dope Knife. Yeah. <laughs> yes, this is Dope Knife. If anybody yeah. knows what he said, this is Dope Knife. Super dope independent artist. And yeah, no, independent is a beautiful word. Yeah, yeah, independent, I, I, I love it. Independent, I love definitely, it. I always go back to LP when he was uh, used to title independent as fuck when he broke away yeah. from all his records. <laughs> yeah, so that's yeah I mean, that, that's like around the time when I started like getting into rap and it was like, or getting into like actually rapping and you know, that whole thing was really in it was really you know influential to have like cats that you like really dug and listen to just kind of be on that like independent as fuck sort of mantra you know yeah so, it's kind of like definitely. the punk lane for hip-hop yeah it exactly like, it's the diy punk lane and that's the way i've always described it because and and you know a lot of people feel funny about it you know just to kind of wax poetic about it because it was like they always talk about the sound bombing era um and that's uh like how when sound bombing came out it created a new wrinkle in hip-hop with all the underground heads that were around at that time felt some sort of way because we were already doing that. You see what I'm saying? But I guess that was the nation's exposure to us. You see what I'm saying? Uh, right. That experimental type of, you know, and not even, I hate to say experimental, but like the more, it was the punkish hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? It's the challenging, mm-hmm. personal, Produced like you know, a whole, like, like a, like, because for me, you know, I didn't start, I didn't really start, like, getting into making music until, like, I was a bit older. I was, like, 18 when I, like, first started actually making it. So, and one of the, one of the things that, I don't want to say didn't appeal to me, but, like, just, you know, from a surface level when you're not really into it like that, and then especially before the internet, you kind of just, you know what's out there, you know what I mean? So, it's like, yeah. if, if, if your only, like, knowledge of hip-hop is, like, what you're seeing on TRL back in the day and shit, then, you know, you're... Your knowledge of it isn't really like that 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 expanded. But once I once I really delved into it and then found that people were making stuff that was, you know, for lack of a better word, like things that were more artsy or had like layers and, you know, more depth to it, that's that's what really drew me in. You know, like Yeah, it spoke to your voice. Once 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 it was revealed to me <laughs> that like it didn't it didn't have to be the paradigm of like you know, gangster rap or party rap, you know, but there was other stuff right. going on. And that's the same for a lot of people. Cause like I always told people, you know, back in my early days, that's what De La Soul did for me. That's what, yeah, cool. Exactly. That's what cool Keith did for me because it's like, there's so many voices out there. And with hip hop, like one of my big arguments with hip hop is hip hop never, it's never seen in the same way. It's never given that same, uh, like artistic credibility. Exactly. Especially now. Like I feel like rap doesn't get, sort of like you know artistic intellectual like props unless it has like as many elements that aren't rap in it you know what i'm saying yes yeah so like yep. i mean probably the only cast that i can think of that really get it like that is maybe like run the jewels where it's just yeah. like you listen right. to a run the jewels album and it's nothing but beats and rap and people like say oh this is like cutting edge and blah 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 but for the most part man motherfuckers front yo like unless you're like you know got fucking albanian folk singers in your shit they're like oh that shit's not real. it's just guys rapping motherfuckers think there is no such thing as rap genius or rap artistry exactly that's, yeah that's rap, like rap artistry rap gets a, a fucking bad rap <laughs> pun intended 
I talk to a lot of people about hip hop. You know, I, I try to preach the gospel of hip hop because I love it just like just like you and just like Fred. Yeah, no, and I'm the same way. Yeah. When I when I talk about hip hop in this deep experimental religious way, people look at me like you are talking about rap, right? You are talking <laughs> about they're surprised. I'm like, yes, we're not idiots. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? This music that was created by black and brown people, it's deep. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's you know, it's just like your music. So and when it's done it's and when it's done well, I mean, it requires just as much work and time and effort as anybody else's should. Exactly. Yeah. Or at least Elijah does. You know, the street stuff is more like what well, I acquainted to gutter bucket blues. I've like, never heard it put that way before. But I like that because like that people pretend like none of this. Like there's narco narco music in Mexico. There's a, a brand of music in Italy that pretty much talks about the mob. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. People, people are always telling, there's even an outlaw country, so there's always some darker or whatever, because it exists in the world. Somebody's going to yeah. do a song about it. So that's kind of like what happens. But a lot of times, because hip-hop has always been the, the controller of the party, and it was born in the party, uh, that party element and that other element, it kind of uh, usurps everything. And that's why I said I love the fact that Cool Keep, like starting from Rommel Z, to cool, to the ultramagnetic MCs, to De La Soul really making it mainstream and yeah. saying, look, you know what I'm saying? There's something else. I think part of the thing that helped like uh, some of the earlier cats out is that rapping, like rapping in itself as an art form was a bit more rare of a thing. You know what I mean? Because like, the labels were like, we're trying to find somebody. Uh, what, is, what do these guys do? What are they public enemy? What are they doing? Fight the power? Okay, do they rap? Okay, we're, we're going to sign them. You know what I mean? Uh, what, what, is, what is this guy yep. doing? Fresh Prince. What parents just don't understand? Is he rapping? Okay, we like that. Let's get it. Well, what about those girls over there? Is that salt and pepper? Is, what is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about sex. Is it rap? Well, let's get it. You know what I mean? And now rap just doesn't have that sort of like, I mean, it's so like diluted because everybody does it to a certain degree that like, it kind of makes it hard, you know, for the average person to be able to tell the difference between somebody who's good or serious and somebody who's not, you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, and it and it comes yeah. down to, like, it, with most music, it's like people are, there's more casual listeners because they keep the lights on and when it comes to music than actual serious musical people. And yeah. at the end of the day, I think that's the same thing that happens with rap. I think the thing is, with the gatekeepers and stuff, once NWA hit and... Uh, they saw that they could really cash out on this street narrative or the party yeah. street narrative that was game over. They wanted everybody to be in that format because, you know, record labels don't care about art. They care about no, no, no. So that, that, been, and that is a guilty too. Not, yeah, no, of I don't, course I don't, not, I don't, I don't of course not, artists from any blend. Like, of course not your dope knives or, or, or your <laughs> atmospheres or your L's eyes. Of course, the real niggas ain't guilty of it, but it's a lot of artists in the game and a lot of them are in the mainstream that rap isn't an art it's a hustle it's a hustle exactly and it's like a means to an end you know what i mean and exactly again it's like i don't want to hate on nobody's hustle so but at the end of the day i mean especially for some of these older cats that have been in the game for a long time it's like i don't i just don't understand what their motivation is you know what i mean like when i i remember being a little kid uh, i've been actually telling the story a bit lately i remember being a little kid when vanilla ice came out Mm-hmm. And like MC Hammer came out, whatever, you know, like anything that was like whack back in the day is like, let's not pretend that Vanilla Ice wasn't the highest selling rapper at the time that he came out. So mad people were listening to that, you know what I mean? But Hell me yeah. as like a kid, and especially that was when I first moved to the States. So like, I'm confused because I'm in like first grade and I'm looking at all these fucking corny motherfuckers singing Nice Ice Baby and I'm saying to myself, damn, this shit feels like it's whack. 
but like everybody around me is like digging it. So is there something that's wrong with me? Being able to watch an interview with like Ice Cube or Ice T or L O Cool J, and they'd be like, "Hey yo, L O Cool J, what do you think of Vanilla Ice?" And L O Cool J be like, "Oh no, that's just whack." You know what I mean? Then that made me feel better. Like, oh, okay, so my suspicions are confirmed because, like, this is, like, this is some mainstream shit that's not really, like, hip-hop. That's who's supporting that shit. You know what I mean? Right. Whereas if you fast forward to now, if you ask any of these fucking, well, not any, but if you ask, like, a lot of these cats who are respected, like, yo, what do you think of something that's contemporary, that's obviously whack, you get the same answer of, well, you know, be can't hear new generation and let them do, you know? And... Like, everyone's afraid of, like, nine-year-olds saying that they're old, which is, like, what the fuck is the point of that? Yeah. It's because of the gatekeepers, really, because yeah. the gatekeepers took away lanes of exposure, and, like, it's that art element that we talk about, like, the fact yeah. that they've taken away credibility. Like, I always tell people, the new stuff is just the continuation of dance music. And, yeah, and yeah. It's a, now, now, dance music and gutter bucket blues have all kind of just mixed together, and you've got <laughs> basically crap that you would actually hear at a speakeasy or something like that. And, yeah. you know, I recently wrote an article about why we need to stop asking dance rappers to freestyle, right? Because <laughs> at, at, yeah, at one time, we never, like, you listened to Luke. You went to listen to Luke because you went to, you, were, you were at the club or the girls were going to shake it to Luke or whatever the case may be. That's yeah. what you listened to Luke for. You weren't there to, you didn't put any kind of deeper meaning on him, nor did he jump up and say he's the new direction of the culture. He was the new Luke, guy, exactly. Like, exactly. you didn't hear Luke, you didn't hear Luke or Two Live Crew be like, yo, like, we're the truth, son. Like, if you motherfuckers, yeah. if you don't get what we're doing and don't think we're the greatest, that's only because you a hater. So, you know what I mean? They wasn't saying that sort of shit. So nobody, like, gives them that sort of same sort of scrutiny, but. Exactly. Or Too Short or anybody. You knew who they were. You knew, exactly. they knew their job. And there's lanes to this. And because, like, really the black community is not monolithic, the problem is, like, even with right. war shows and stuff, they just dump all of our stuff together. And they say, yeah, yeah I'm I mean, rapping, so it's rap. Yeah, so common talk about this shit all the time. I mean, sometimes, yeah. sometimes the, commonality, the commonality isn't even rap. Like, I mean, sometimes it's just, like, the color of the person that's making the music. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I definitely that's heard, it. I that's definitely it. heard Oh, yeah, it's a racist factor have a in of it. rapping in it where people were like, oh, yeah, that's rap music. And it's like, mm, I'm pretty sure that's just some song that a black dude's doing. And that's not, that's not a rapping at all. I've heard, know? I don't want to make this about race, but I've heard yeah. non-black people refer to Usher as hip-hop. Yeah, no, hip-hop I agree. Artist I agree. Usher. I'm like, okay. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard at least, I've heard mad black people refer to fucking Post Malone as hip hop. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, that, yeah. that's just what I'm saying. Like, if we're in the state where Usher and Post Malone are hip hop, then what the fuck is hip hop? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Which I fuck I, with Usher saying, like, we. I, mean, I fuck with Usher too. Yeah. As an R&B artist. <laughs> as an R&B fucking artist. Yes, sir. Yeah. Exactly. And again, like I said, it's all that like association shit. You know, it's like, all right, Usher has made a song with Ludacris before. Therefore, the logic they're using is okay. So Usher, that's hip hop. <laughs> it's, it's urban music. It's hip hop. Urban music. Yep. You know, yep. it's fucking b boy kids in South Korea that have more of a claim to hip hop <laughs> over a lot of these motherfuckers here. You know. Yep. That's true. You never see death metal weighed with the rest of rock. I can't remember any award show or any sort of like best list that had, like, Coldplay and Slipknot in the same category. It's like, yeah, this is the same shit. You know what I mean? It's people oh, playing Oh, yeah, they get the benefit. They get the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. You, you know, know they, they, they get like, to nuance, be... like, oh, no, this is this different. sort of style, that, that sort of style, and, you know. 
So that yeah, I was it, saying that you know they get to be different. It pisses me off. I mean, I'm I'm not ashamed to say that it pisses me off, and it seems a little racist because it's like everybody but hip hop gets the benefit of being very and different and, and, and multifaceted and legitimate. But when I mean, black and brown people do it, it's not always there. And as a real hip hop head, you know it can it can get under your skin. I want to. Yeah, I want to ask you a question though. Um, go ahead, finish okay. your thought. But I want to ask you a question after you finish the thought. Go ahead. I'm um, no. I was just. I was gonna say. I mean, it, it definitely. There definitely is a race component. But uh, as an independent artist, I can definitely tell you that it's more of a larger reaction to hip hop in rap. Because mm-hmm. I mean, like I, you know, in in Savannah, like Savannah is like a huge like band town. You know what I mean? So I'm competing with like four or five piece bands and stuff like that. So for me, the hurdle is like getting like venues to be like, Hey, this guy who's going to rap with beats playing is just as legitimate a form of music as like this band with a drummer and a keyboard player and a yada, yada. And it's just like a disconnect that it's just like, Oh wait, that guy's just rapping. He can't be doing, or yeah, that can't require as much work or talent as the other shit. That's how they look at it, you know what I'm saying? Well, and the thing is, you got to look at it is, and I hate to be like a certain kind of way, but when you look at places like, say, these little pocket areas like Savannah and stuff like that, when you look at where hip-hop generally came from the larger metropolitan-type areas. Areas, yeah. And it allows these different forms of expression more openly. Whereas when you go to places like, say, Savannah or, you know, Birmingham, Alabama or something like that, you get, like, they may be small pockets within pockets, but the population is so small and the dedication is so whatever, they have no idea of what, you know, there is no base group to support it. So if you're yeah, in a large exactly. area, yeah, if you're in a large area that has a, a splinter population, uh, there's a socioeconomic component because hip hop came into being because, you know, you, know, you lose the, the band programs in school and you lose all the yeah, other stuff. Yeah, like yeah. no after-school programs, no music exactly. programs, yeah, no dance and programs so, or art programs. Yeah, and, and kids became expressive in the way that they could, and that was an inner-city thing, you know, and they still had fun with it and still partied with it, but then you move forward, you know what I'm saying? Because it's just kind of the same way House came in underground like that, you know, and, and Tango yeah. came in underground like that, and people don't understand they were even closer back in the days because they were so underground, but they were in places that, you couldn't. They could be. Know, you could find them, and they, they like they're, like a sizable people, a sizable amount of people could like discover it, and then it could create its own support system like that. Yeah, know? yeah, and, yeah. You had a real scene, like, and I always tell people. So when I'm in these smaller areas, I don't really expect much because, like, I always tell people, I'm in a city, in a country city, that doesn't have a country scene. So I don't expect yeah. much from hip hop. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, if I don't see yeah, country no. music here, I'm looking around like there's no country music here. I'm doomed. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, I don't in, gonna, you know, so. in defense of Savannah, though, when I when I first moved to Savannah, like back in '04, it was really like a weird sort of like cultural hip hop oasis. And I really mean that. And like, like I mean, it, there's a there's an art school there, so I was yeah, there same, to go to college. Yeah. I'm originally from uh, DC, but like yeah. I was there to go okay. to college, and I had a bunch of friends who were just from different parts of the country, and everybody spit. But then there was like three different b-boy crews in the town and there was like nine graffiti writers who were all competing with each other. And then you had like 10 MCs from all over the place. So 
we just had this scene that was that looked a lot more like it was 1991, but it was in 2005, and that's kind of the scene that I came up in. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, right. when I first started rapping, like the shit that I was exposed to, like, hey, those dudes are the cool guys who are rapping, but they're all freestyling. So if you if you go into there and you're not like dope and freestyling, like you're gonna be the odd man out. You know what I'm saying? But if I came up in a scene where it was like, hey, all those guys over there, they're rapping over their vocals. <laughs> you know what I mean? That might yeah. have been the influence on me. It, it's all about like you know what what the generations are getting influenced in and what what is dictating what is cool. Like what I argue is that like you were saying the gatekeepers, the gatekeepers that are there. I just feel like the shit that they're set, that they're setting is like what what our taste should be. Is not only is it like actually kind of destructive on some real life shit, but it's whack, yo. Like like. It feels like it feels like we're at a state, you know, with all the like alternative facts and fake news and shit that like nobody can like come on like any sort of objective agreement of what is whack and what is dope. Not what you yeah. like and what you don't like. That's all that's that's your personal opinion. But there is a such thing as dope. You know what I mean? Like not yeah. everything is just good because it exists. And I and yep. I just I'm never gonna get in that mindset. I just don't know how. Like I said, at one time, people knew their lane and they stayed in it. Now everybody yeah. feels like they have a claim to the main lane or the lane. And that's yeah. not, and that's the only way to win. And you got rappers that say they're not rappers saying that they're the king of rapping. And you're like, wait a minute. You're not, you just said you want a rapper yesterday. So why do you care? So, he, so yeah, like, even that is kind of like a straw man on their part. Because those are the first, like the, the, from my experience, the motherfuckers that are quick to talk that, I'm not a rapper. I'm just hustling. I don't, I don't take this shit serious like that. The minute that somebody says, "Oh, you ain't hip hop," oh my god, can you believe they said I wasn't hip? Why does it? Why do you hate young people? Oh my, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, right. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah. Be consistent. Like I tell people, I listen to different things. I listen listen to different textures. Like I said, I like. I actually like Dram, and you know what I'm saying. And people like, because I yeah. think he's no. He's a chaos artist, like you know, ODP and stuff. See, I see this type of stuff in it and I see the textures and the layers and, you know, cause I'm a B40 fan and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm yeah, in no, there, but then I that. go all, yeah. And then I go all the way from that to, you know, the most underground experimental stuff you can, you can think of. I'm just the old definitive just catalog for God's sake. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I feel you. I'm sad because Cannibal Ox hasn't released Album. I wish LP and him would get back together. I'm like, that's for one album. Like, please. <laughs> that's just the nerd in me, you know? So that's, it's that type of stuff. So I'm all over the place on it. But I understand that, like we said, hip-hop doesn't get that difference. And the people that's involved with it, they're seeing it more as a hustle. And that's, you know, it's when art is taken out of stuff. That's really what yeah. the, end goal, the whole end ideal is. That one time, as Enough Doom even said, it was a word game that they played. You know what I'm saying? And you just had that lane where the word game rappers, the lyrical guys, they were yeah. actually, you know, they had their lane. And you knew where yeah, they, and they were. Yeah, they were getting money, yeah. And they were getting their money. That's how they did it. Whereas you got, like, the other guys who did just the parties, because they're the party talkers. You know what I'm saying? And the party talkers were just over there being party talkers. And sometimes yeah. they would get together and do a song together, but it was understood that, hey, this is momentous because you just got the party talker to do something with the lyrical guy. Yeah. Or sometimes they won't even mess with each other because they're just in such different lanes. Just completely so, different right. lanes, exactly. Exactly. So it's, right. it's those type of things that people really don't understand or they don't want to understand about it. Now I'm gonna I think that's what it is. I think it's people don't want to understand. I, I just, 
I'm, I mean, in this this particular type of subject, like I'm I'm pretty hard on people because I know everybody has a fucking supercomputer in their back pocket. So oh, it's yeah. like I just I just I really don't give people the benefit of the doubt that everyone is just like completely oblivious to stuff. I think people willfully don't want to know shit. That's, that's true. I mean? mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, I, that's 100 percent true because I, I argue with people about this all the time. I'm like. You know, there's no way that you could be this oblivious and you got all this information in front of you and then they fall for confirmation bias because exactly. they don't want to go any further or want to do anything in challenging them. And, you know, and that's one of the things you run into as a, the best way to put it, artistic rapper, if you challenge people, so I know I'm cutting off certain parts of the community immediately. And that's because it's the same way, you know, I go into my other nerd category of, hey, man, I collect comic books. So yeah, if I talk about it, I've actually read this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The other person goes out and does whatever and tells me something is good, and I'm just staring at them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm like, I'm like, right. telling me what? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I have a like. It's funny that you said that. Like, I have a, I have a homie. Um, actually, one of the dudes I'm on tour with, he was like, he was interested in the Punisher character because he had like watched the Netflix show. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it was like he he saw something. It was interesting to him, so he took the effort to hit up somebody who he knew knew about it and was like, hey, yo, what's going on, Knife? Like, I'm really trying to get in the Punisher. Which stuff should I read? Like, what should I know? What should I look up? Just like that little bit of effort, you know what I'm saying? I feel like when people are really interested in shit, they put in their effort into it, you know? And when they don't, I'm not saying that's like something to like necessarily judge somebody on, but for me as like a, a creator or an artist, that just like, it lets me know who to not waste my time on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because like, right. if, you, if you're not going to do the, the work to look into the shit, or if just like even simple stuff, like if, if you're the sort of person who thinks something that came out five years ago is old, therefore you don't need to know anything about it and it doesn't matter, it's irrelevant, then it's like off the bat, hip hop might not be the thing for you. At least not like, you know, some yeah. cultural underground hip hop might not be the thing for you because like knowledge and history is like all part of the, the shit. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly. it. And that's a part of any culture. And that's why I yeah, any culture. Exactly. Exactly. So if you don't, if you're like, I just want to do what I'm doing, I don't care what anybody's doing or did before yeah. me and these guys all... That's that's really short sighted. new dollars. imagine a new NBA draft class and they ask the number one pick, Hey yo, so like did Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan influence you? Man, I don't know what them niggas, man. I don't know what them niggas was doing. Fuck that old shit, son. This is a new gen you know what I'm saying? Like exactly. Other genres and other disciplines don't do that. It's exactly. kind of like a uniquely a hip hop thing. Oh, it is. <laughs> right. I don't know and, whose and, feelings and, they think they're hurting. And, and I, I'll let you That's some fired. shit that I hate. And that, my bad to cut you off, but that's some shit no, I no, hate no, with passion. Because it's like, if you call yourself a real hip hopper, it's, it's a lot of cats. Like, I know young cats who are actually good at rapping. They're like official backpack ride or die people. Yeah, they 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 are fucking true to the culture, but they don't know the history. Now, uh, if you're one of those, if you're one of those guys on the other side of the fence and you don't know the history and it's just a hustle, again, we ain't knocking nobody's hustle. But if you're one of those guys, okay, you don't know the history, that's cool. But if you claim to be on this side of the fence, you should know your history. You shouldn't just come in it thinking that 
the world that you came into, that's all it started is. with like, you. <laughs> like it started with you and your generation. What about Kane? What about, yeah. what about busy B and what? Cause it's just like, that wasn't, the, that's just like a new thing. You know what I'm saying? It was like, I'm not that old. And I just remember when I was in high school and in grade school and shit like that, it was like around when everybody was like, you know, 13, 14, and we were all, like, actually seeking out, like, our parents' music to see what, you know, like, hey, what were, yes, what were our parents yes. listening to? So that was the age when I actually started discovering older shit, not being like, yeah, none of that stuff matters, you know what I mean? How old yeah. were you when you came over here to the U.S.? Um, shit, I mean, we were coming, like, on and off, like, during the summers and stuff like that, whenever we could, okay. but, um... I didn't move and like officially like live in the states until I was eighteen. So that was like oh okay yeah that like it was like I did I'm when I officially moved to the states it was to go to college and I went to Howard for a year. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I started late. I started when I was eighteen, and it was only because like some some friends of mine were trying to start like a rock rap band, right? And it was like, yo, you wanna you wanna try this shit? And I was like, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I can. Give it a try. I was I was much more into drawing comic books and movies and like you know I wanted to be an actor and shit for a long ass time and right. So, but I mean, still like you know we were talking about like you know how people are nourished and shit. It's just that's just what it is. Like when I when I said I want to pick up the mic and I want to rap, just the environments that I was in, and this goes from like moving to Savannah, that's like a fucking hippity hop, you know, backpack environment at the time. To like when I was in Howard and everybody's wearing fucking fitted caps and throwback jerseys and shit like that. Just <laughs> the over, like, doesn't matter what type of genre it was, but if I had come into that shit, like, I don't give a fuck about, about what happened, you know what I'm saying? Or about what this shit is about. There's just, there's no scene that would have accepted me, you know? Right. And that yep. just, that just doesn't exist for like kids don't have that sort of like, there's just nobody who's going to tell them like, Hey, you know, like, you should probably go check out the you know the way you're rapping. That's really dope. You should check out Slick Rick because like you could probably like take some pointers and like learn some shit. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Like they don't have anybody exactly. telling them that. And yeah, I, I just and that, feel like you know adults are just too concerned with with what the reaction to kids is gonna be if they like give them advice. Now I right. think the internet is a lot, but see the internet is decentralized. Just about I, I was I was thinking like we're at the uh, deconstructionist part in music, like where the internet and everything has disrupted, you know, there's always tech disruptions, and what yeah. used to be organic scenes, like if you had organic scenes, just like you described there in Savannah, we had an organic scene here, you had organic scenes in different areas, where, you know, it would be small, but they were they were strong, little di- uh, disjointed and organic scenes, where people caught when implied their wares, and it was where iron sharpened iron, and where people compared notes, and where you could, you know what I mean? Well, you could actually yeah. build up based upon your locale. And it was like, one thing I always loved about hip hop is it's just like regional food. It's just like, or it's yeah. like anything, like wherever you went, you know, people would kind of spice it and make it fl- the flavor of wherever you were. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, and that's whatever ingredients they had, they made it out of those ingredients. You know, they made it work, take, yeah. Exactly. They made it work out of those ingredients. And they would actually take, you know, from the, the pretty much the grail of what it was, and they would deconstruct it and make it their own way. With California having the most unique of all to me because they do it all. They just, yeah. they're just, they can go from the history to wavy to lyrical. Like all of their guys, they can do it all. They'll just come in there yeah. and be like, oh, you know, yeah, I'm a street dude, but man, I'll destroy you on the bike. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, and, 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 exactly. You know? And it's just like, I mean, that's, 
and that's that's another thing I don't understand about like some of those street guys where it's like it's not it's not impressive to be like yeah I don't really take this shit serious I'm just a hustler if you suck you know what I mean yeah. like the shit that made it cool when Jay Z did it is that like oh yeah he's like actually super dope you know what I mean yeah, exactly but you, exactly you can't be like nah I'm just I'm just doing this rap shit because I'm good at it and then you pick up the mic and it's A B C D E you know like come on. And, and that's why I said I think we need to stop asking them to freestyle because it's kind of like yeah. more of an insult to not just the culture, but also an insult to them. And, yeah. and it's an insult to us, you know, because it just it devalues what we actually end up doing. Like, if you go back to the old days of Rap City or something like that, you know, yes, they would cover the 69 boys or the Splat Pack or whoever yeah. that was supposed to be hot. They didn't take everybody yeah. in the basement to freestyle with Tigger, though. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And it was always a joke. Like, Luke, Luke, every time Luke came on the show, it was a running joke, and Luke was in on it, right? And it was like, <laughs> oh, man, Luke's going to freestyle today, and sometimes they, they've been episodes where they'll cut the show off, right? Yeah. Right when Luke got in there, they would cut the show off, and I think maybe the last show or close to the last show, Luke actually rapped, right? Oh, and 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 it was like, and then uh, I think Tigger got in there too, because that's how they played it for the joke. And Luke was in on the joke; he wasn't sitting there taking himself so seriously. So yeah. again, not just as a businessman, you took Luke pretty much as like he was just like I'm the part. What he was, like exactly. you were saying with knowing your lane. Like I saw, I saw one. Where they had it was either it was like Cash Money. They had like Cash Money up in there, right? When they were first coming yeah. out, and yeah. it was like when they when they went to the basement to go freestyle. Wayne and Juvenile were freestyling. Everybody else was just standing there looking cool. You know what I'm saying? Because everyone's like, right. "We're gonna do this shit." <laughs> I'm not about exactly. right. That's, right. Not my, that's not my job. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna put my spitters out front, and my spitters are gonna spit, and then everybody exactly. else they're gonna just. They're just going to pretty much, we're going to do our thing. We're going to do chant music. We're going to say something to it. And I think that's that's what people are missing. It's like Even if you look at like old G-Unit freestyle shit, they're putting Lloyd Banks there to freestyle the majority of the time in the 50s just joking and yeah, <laughs> having fun. Yeah, you know that's it. Right. That's it. That's it. And like I said, I think a lot of people, they just do. I think, you know, controversy fails. And I'm going to say this before I start asking you, because I want to give you time to talk about your album more about yourself. Oh, word, word, word. audience know about you. But... I was just saying that, like, I think a lot of people, they play that up. They see that they found something, and this society loves controversy right now. So that young versus old argument is just a new argument to throw out there and stir the keep like the controversy. Yeah, did you click bait? Because that's why DJ Academics and people like that, Shots Fired, as I said earlier, he is he lives off of that. He lives off of yeah. that. Like, you got your Ebos, all these other guys. They live off of the whole notion of these old guys don't understand rap music. I mean, it's you know? getting ratcheted up, though, because, like, I was yeah. listening to somebody. It was, like, some young kid, and he was actually really dope. It was, like, why YN something? YNB? I don't know. I don't know exactly that, but I'm, like, yeah. listening to the song. He had the video for it, and he was going in, and he was dope, and I'm, like, Oh man, that's that's kind of dope. And then he just had like a point in the song, like just unprovoked. And fuck these old niggas. Oh, they all die. I'm like, <laughs> like oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> just random as a motherfucker. Yeah, well, see, I, well, I mean, I've heard, I know who he is, but see, again, he also is like going to be in the dance category. And it's, it's upon him. You take guys like Kendrick Lamar and all these okay. other guys, they, they're going to have careers. That means, hey, look, I've got a catalog I can perform off of forever. I can actually functionally go on as long as I want to. Like I always yeah. tell people, the last one for rappers is that Gil Scott Heron lane that people don't understand in the last poet lane. 
that's when you're, yeah. you know, you can experiment. And you can do what you want. Like, Jay-Z is showing you that. Like, later on in life, at that yeah, point, exactly. you, really, you, you made your hate. You don't got nothing else to prove you're Paul McCartney. You can yeah, you don't, you don't have to. You don't have to compete with with you know kids for like chart position. Just make what you want to make. You know. Yeah, and just go on with it and live your life. And that's that's pretty much it. Because the only thing I want to see from an artist over time, especially a thoughtful artist, is growth. I mean, growth, yeah. at a certain point, like I will honestly say, yeah, you know, I, I know there's mature dance hall artists from other countries because they take dance differently. Uh, like there's a dance hall chant artist. In Jamaica, I think she's like 80 or something like that years old, or 90 years old almost. And they had yeah. her on a new shack that almost passed out of the show one time recently. <laughs> and, and But she was still going strong. And they have no problem with that because dance is seen differently there than it is here. Whereas, yeah. you know, I would, you know, I, I'm like, uh, I don't need a, a 59 Savage. I, I leave the dance part to the youth. Right. Yeah. And I, and all these little trendy things. I said, yeah, you guys gotta, you gotta, it's gotta experiment with style. You gotta wear embarrassing things so you can be like us and look back on my God, what did I wear? You gotta do that. That's why I was telling people. I said, it's just your time to look ridiculous. I've done it already. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> and, and like, and, and trust me, everybody's got like, you go back to all the way back to the seventies or something. You'll see somebody with a button fly collar on, looking all like crazy. <laughs> you got kimonos on and tight shirts. <laughs> You're like, yeah, <laughs> uh, they, they're not, they're laughing at themselves now, right? But yeah. you know, they'll be like, oh, I was sharp. I say, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, but their style they persist. The elements of their style persisted, right? Like maybe a yeah. pattern or something like that. And that's the same thing that will happen here. It's just like when you're in the moment, they think that they're they're fixing their whole style from the carry forward. When I'm like, man, a lot of your style is just aping a previous style anyway. So exactly. So you know, at the end of the day, like. These artists don't understand, like, I always tell people, dance dance music has about the shelf life of fruit flies, because it, it is the most disposable part of the hip-hop culture, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, a, yeah. yeah it's, like, it's like fast food, so there's going to be something yeah. else that comes right after it, yeah. Exactly, and, and you just never know. Plus, I think that these modern artists, they're kind of like the glam rock stage of hip-hop. You know, we're at the yeah, glam stage, you know. I would say our glam, the, the, the hip-hop glam rock stage, though, has been has lasted pretty much. I mean, from keeping it real, like, and from my perspective, I think, because I agree with that. And I've made, I've made that analogy to the people before that like hip hop is in a glam rock stage. But the thing is, is our glam rock stage has pretty much been going on since 97. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we haven't yeah, got yeah. out of it. It's like, it's, it's, I mean, it might've, it's gotten more glam as time has gone by, but like the minute that people were like, saw Puffy in the shiny suits and they were like, Oh wait, like, you mean you don't gotta even really like be that ill at this shit? Then I'm not saying right. that was the beginning of the end or nothing like that, but I'm just saying that's when the avenue got open more to just like the full, ex- the full like capitalist acceptance that like, oh, this is a hustle before everything, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I think a lot of that is like I said, I think the technology, because when you look at that, that was like I think pre Napster or when Napster yeah, was yeah, just yeah, kicking yeah, off and, uh, and you had all of that other good stuff. I think the technology disruption. A lot of things became decentralized, so you don't got these groups anymore of keeping. Because really, you had foundational groups that basically kept some kind of an order. And now, when you got people just making stuff to themselves and making like these lotto-like grabs, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's the, that's basically what you got. And you got people that are like, man, I can I can do that. I, I'm going to go do that. I think this is a big thing. These guys, you know, it, it's the same thing with wrestling or anything like that. They try to, hey, I'm just going to grab it. What these guys got grabbed. I want to take shortcuts yeah. and get there 
and I'm going to do all this. And, and these are not the artists. You know, they're not artist yeah. people. They're more hustlers, like we said. And that's the gatekeepers don't care because they're yeah, looking the for a hit. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're there just to exploit that person. Because when you think about, say, an artist like Trinidad James, he's on for a minute. He gets a smash hit out of the world, and he doesn't have anything to back it up because it was so random. You yeah. know what I'm saying? He was just doing something randomly, uh, and it worked. You know, he was just one of those, uh, what you would call a hype beast, a guy who liked to dress and do all this other stuff. And <laughs> But yeah, he was a guy that stayed up on the sneakers. I think he worked at a, one of those uh, limited boutique shops or whatever. Yeah, like, and, like a fashion shop in Atlanta, yeah. Exactly. And so he basically did some music around it. He set a trend to the point where Bruno Mars took part of his phrase away, don't believe me, just watch. Uh, and somebody and then, told me he's getting paid for that. I, I hey, I would hope so because that's just not understand. This guy <laughs> yeah, did somebody that. Somebody told me Bruno Mars has to write him a fat check every time that they play that song. I would, I would hope so. I would hope so, man. Because you got to think about it. That was very important to you know what he said. Like it's like yeah. it's, it's very important. He used it. He just aced it and took it over and put it in his song. It was so crazy. It wasn't even part of. Like, it's, it was no part of pop culture before this man interjected it. But when you actually exactly. look at it, at the end of the day, he wasn't prepared for what, the success that comes next. That's why we had a show about Lil Nas X here recently, and that's the same thing to me. It's like, he did a random thing, like he got a beat from an internet uh, producer that was in yeah. uh, Europe. And he made it, a joke, he made a song, yeah, and, yeah, it, and it, it just took yeah. off overnight, and that was, that was cool. Yeah, and he marketed right. it that way, but it just didn't. You know, it's like now, what you gonna do? Because now you, you know, you got Wrangler. Are, are you really finna double down on this country element thing? Because really, people are acting like see people who don't know history. They're like, that's God, that's the first time we've heard. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, no, it's not. Square it's dance rap. I'm saying it's like rapping Duke. You know, Nelly did something country. LL Cool J family did a country like song. It's just I mean, like just Eric, you know? keeping it real. I mean, there's like actual. There's like a whole. I don't know if you're, how familiar y'all are with it, but there's like a legit whole scene of hip hop called hick hop. Yes, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. it. I mean, we there's, there's a group that. in Georgia called the Georgia Boys, and like yeah. some motherfuckers is packing out like civic centers and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's yeah. <laughs> and that comes but also like, like this guy from Nashville, uh, Haystacks. And yeah, Haystack, he was, exactly. Yeah, yeah he, he's, he's proto hip hop, but he he never I would, really. I would even I would even put Bubba Sparks into that lane because Bubba Sparks right. is still dropping albums and touring today too. Yep, right. That's it. Yep. Like to be honest right. with you, Bubba Sparks is probably more popular now with his fan base than he was back when he was with Timberland. Yeah, yeah. Now he can get that in perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then you got to like really question like these companies and shit like that because like who the fuck is who the fuck is working at Wrangler that like. They're thinking that like Little Nas X is about to be like a new wave of like hip hop country. Like, I mean, I, I'll, I would be shocked if that's the lane that he goes in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I don't know. I don't see that. That doesn't seem like a wise investment if that's the guy that y'all are trying to make. Because I'm pretty sure the next, if Little Nas X is lucky enough to have another hit, I just don't see it being another country joint because. I'm pretty sure all those internet fingers are waiting for him to make another country joint so they could be like, oh, this shit is whack. He's just trying to capture the same shit that he got. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's, yeah, and that's basically what they're going to do because it's going to be like kind of like with Lil Yachty when he came out with one album and then when they actually tried to clean him up on the next album and it was, the album was too clean. 
yeah. you know what I'm saying? The first album that people liked from him was like chaotic, and it was like it was like some of these guys that since they're vibe rappers, they're like you're drunk in the party, and you're supposed to be just saying whatever comes to your mind, and you just sound cool yeah. saying it. Well, that's what they captured on the first album, a little bit of that, or the first mixtape, or whatever you want to call it. Then when they when you had a star-studded people with them, it kind of didn't work because now you got to go in a shiny studio and you got to act like it's all spontaneous. Yeah. And you got singers falling. It's kind of like the way I look at it. Like when ODB, that first album, my God. You know what I'm saying? It's like the, the rawness of it, yeah. grimy, the, the grimy, and it just all felt like it was put together. It felt like somebody put a mixtape together perfectly, just seamlessly for you. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you get to the point where you, Mariah Carey's on the song, and Baby, I Got Your Money, and all this other stuff comes out. Yeah. And it's, it's a fun song, but you're sitting up here like, Baby, I Got Your Money worked with Khalif. But there was other songs that got on later that you were just like, they don't quite understand yeah. ODB much. The Wu even got thrown off on that. That's what I'm saying. And they're lyrical dudes and they're whatever. Like, so they try to put a clean album in on them. I'm like, no, they got to be grimy, man. Yeah, like, it's like, that's, that's, like, that's not the aesthetic. Yeah. They said, that's the aesthetic. You're changing them. You're taking them out and you're making them pop and you're doing all this other stuff. So it's the same thing. Like, people are just fishing for hits. Like, we're on the internet. Like, the album generation, I'm, it's not totally dead, but it's, it's, it's definitely easy. hurting. It's hurting because, like, people are more so looking for singles now. Uh, there's a lot more pop singles. Like, you can you can get your music at the fingertips through streaming services, so people are not sitting down digesting albums. They're yeah. not sitting down absorbing an artist, sitting with an artist. Because back in the day, you sit with an artist, and that artist, his, the B-sides and stuff stuck with you. You got to kind of yeah. really get in the mind of an artist. And you still got music heads that are doing that, and you got vinyl collectors, and you got people that are doing that, but that's a small percentage small of the population. percentage of people right now, yeah. Exactly. And it also is about, like, now. growing with the artist, too, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the older that you get, the older the artist gets with you, and the music, exactly. like, changes accordingly. And and that's it. And that's what I'm saying. You love to see, because, like, I tell people, I've been with De La since day one. I got everything that they ever did. You know, met the guys. You know, I've loved it. And as they move forward, I always love to see what they got. You see what I'm saying? What they're doing. Yeah. What's in, you know, how they're changing it up. Like, there's certain artists that I'm there for them every time. You know, even yeah. if they miss some time, I'm there for them. Every, like, when they went through that AOI bionic stage, that wasn't my favorite time period for them. So, but I was still there yeah. with them. But you were there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then they, they got back on the horse again. You know, after that, and did a, did a strong album. You see what I'm saying? It's kind of like, you know, that's, but people don't get anymore, but I'm from that album generation. I'm from that, I'm going to listen to your album. And I don't grade artists by other artists. I grade them by the, by the worst person I can grade by the work they've done, by yeah. the work. Exactly. So when people, that's why I don't really do, I don't do the barbershop stuff or the goat stuff, but I mean, I have my yeah. own personal preferences, but I just, uh, I can't really do that. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I'm like, I tell you where you are in your circle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I said I don't know where I think you are against your own work, which is probably more painful. You know, and I tell you, <laughs> you would probably rather be great against someone else because being great against yourself. That's you know, as an artist, you know, chasing that the greatest work you've done is hard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that, that's a goddamn trip. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's where Eminem is trapped in. Like I tell people, I mean, we're gonna get about you, but that's where he's trapped in. Like a lot of people are trapped in it. You're chasing that thing that you put up so high. It's like now you got to try to catch it. You think you go get it. It's like, don't do that. Just relax. Well, I, I always look at it. I think it would help rappers out a lot more if they looked at the shit like, like think about it in the like context of like winning a championship ring as like a sport. 
Like that's, yeah. that's kind of how I like judge by a rapper playing cards, which where it's like, all right, a classic album is like you had a championship season. You know what I mean? So then it's yeah. like how many dudes have rings compared to others, and then that way like makes me not be so hard on rappers when they like change and evolve or doing something different than I might want to listen to as a fan because it's like. Oh man, you know, I know that this season they're doing whatever, but man, I remember that 98 season when we put out Supreme clientele and won that ring, you know what I'm saying? Yep, exactly, that's it, that's it, and that's the truth, man, man, that's the way I look at it, that's the way I, that's the kind of actually how I weigh it in too, because I'm just like, yeah, that was that season, that was that time, Yeah, and I actually like to get these new textures, you know, from people, and just to see where their mind is at, and see, I want to see them see it all the way through. Basically, yeah. I want to see, like when somebody says, oh man, I'm on to this new vibe. And that's why, you know, when we talk about things like the Little Miles and the Trinidad James and all these other people, they're like, they don't have anything behind what they put out initially to actually, you know what I'm saying, back that up. And they kind of get caught flat with it. And that's always the scariest thing to me because the guys, because I want to see guys get their money if they get a shot. Because, you know, I know how hard this business is, but I'm just like, dude. You gotta be ready. <laughs> like I said, if you're gonna do that, if, if you're a hustler type and you're not an art type, it's, it's it hurts me to see a hustler type not even ready for the hustle. Like you weren't ready for the art, it's ready, ready for the hustle. What are you ready for? You know what I'm saying? I see. He's yeah. not the best rhymer. He's not the best rapper. But that was like that was my shit. That was my favorite rapper. Ain't none of these rapper dudes were doing more street crime before they started rapping than Ice T was. You know what I'm saying? But when That's Ice T started true. doing it he recognized in the hustle that was like, oh, wait, like, the next album has to be better than the last joint. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And, oh, the next yep. joint has to be better than that. You know, like, that's, yep. like, even if you're on, like, a strictly hustle, hustler's mentality, you would think it would be like that. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yes. And he, see, he got it. Him, actually, <laughs> even Too Short got it. Like, yeah, all Too Short got, got it, too. Got it. Because yeah, the thing is, if you, can, if you can put yourself in the mindset of, like, a Too Short world, right? You can like see the 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 improvements and how he got better and how he evolved and how he experimented with different stuff. It's still too short shit. You might not want to yep. compare it to fucking, you know, LP. But like yeah. in 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 two in two shorts lane and with a measured against his discography, it's not just like a stagnant thing. You know what I'm saying? It went from so an 808 drum machine. Fans of that can like see it. Yep, it went from an 808 drum machine with some funk outlays or maybe a sample to actually. <laughs> When they moved to Atlanta and started experimenting with crunk, yeah, uh, and they started I mean, getting more like uh, live punk. instruments and yeah. shit, and yep, and then it yeah. kind of went on and on and on, and then, and like he still to this day he still persists. That's why history is important. That's why really looking at everything is important because these guys are showing you if you really want a career at this because the music business is really about catalog, and that's something mm -hmm. that they're not teaching these guys. Like if you got controlling your book of business. Having a catalog, people can license songs from, people can discover songs from. They stay out there in your olden days, you know what I'm saying? Or when you decide to stop doing it, or when you just say, I, I don't feel like rapping anymore, whatever. You still got control of that catalog. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. that's what it's about. Because, like, as the Mix a Lot always says, people don't realize Mix a Lot had, like, a catalog. People don't. And he's it's mad funny that you say that because I just put, I just put my niggas on the Sir Mix a Lot this tour. <laughs> like, yep. about, like how dope, how insanely dope and slept and underrated Sir Mixlaw was, but yes. it doesn't yeah. matter to him because he's always had his catalog. He's been touring Europe for the last thirty years and then doing yep. his shit. You know what I'm saying? 
And I try to tell well, people this. I'm like, dude, you guys don't understand. Like, even with Square Dance, like, I, because I bring him up for Little Nas X. I'm like, dude, this dude did Square Dance rap. He has MC Cloudboy. He has been doing, like, look, man, he has done tongue-in-cheek, fun songs, and he'll do, like, songs that were lyrical from his own lane, and he's one of the last of the cadence rappers that Luda said something about. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they both held their words like that. Like, you know, Luda was like, I'm a Luda. You know, and, and it's like, <laughs> the same thing, J.R. Ewing, I see Adam, you know, so it's his cadence. You know what I'm saying? It's the yeah. way they did stuff. They would lay on those words and you'd be like, damn, this dude is You know what I'm saying? He's really ridiculous with it. You know, but he's having fun, you know? Yeah. So, and, but that's, you know, that's the type of thing that I think people need to really study and they will get better and your hustlers will understand their book of business better. Number one, if you want to be a real hustler, look at what the hustlers have done and are surviving beyond mm -hmm. their years. If you really want to be a hustler and all of us self stop poo pooing and say, oh man, it's old, she's old. I'm like, bro, you better learn something. And then, you know, <laughs> two, artistically, if you can grow into something, grow into it, you know, get your money. And I think you'll have the culture will be more enriched by it. Everybody will be enriched by it, and they will be enriched by it. That's yeah. Me. But of course, the gatekeepers are always just going to demand, hey man, you need to do those five songs about being so disgustingly drunk or high that you're going to pass out or whatever, you know. <laughs> you know, and, and that's that's all they and that's that's pretty much all they want. Or the, the gangster song about you know you never die, but you're out here selling all these packs. And yeah, I'm selling all these all these drugs. I'm killing everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah all that. Except all the rap snitching, like uh, uh <laughs> you know the, the rap snitches commissions where they're telling them. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so I mean, these cats. I mean, I don't know, man. I like. It should just it, it really makes me feel old after a while, and it's like it, it shouldn't, but it does, man. I, I, I don't know. I'm just at the point where it's like, it, for me, it's not even about style. I can fuck with anybody's style, man. But if I'm putting on your song and like you're literally like saying in the song, "Drop out of school, enjoying a gang," like I'm not like that. There's just nothing in me that wants that, that compels me to be like, "Yeah, that's cool. I fuck with that." Yep. Like I can't, I can't hear that shit without, like, envisioning, like, some fucking, like, 60-year-old, like, music executive fucking rubbing his hands like Birdman, like, yes, yes, put more of this <laughs> out there. Make sure exactly. this is all they hear, you know? Yep, and that's the truth. That's the honest-to-God truth, and that's, that's really how I look at it. I mean, I know there's elements that they're speaking to those elements, and there's a gutter-bucket blues element about survival, and all that other stuff that kind of goes in there that's often overlooked. But at the same time, you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, they just don't, you got to have, basically, you got to have the whole picture. Like, you got to have, because at one time you had Scarface and the Ghetto Boys next to De La Soul, next to, you know what I'm saying? Public Enemy, Public they Enemy, were next to next Beastie to, Boys, who were exactly. next to Fresh Prince of Ballet, or not a Ballet, yeah, but yeah. Fresh Prince. <laughs> exactly. you know? And so, yeah, all of these, you have such a different, you had a smorgasbord, so you could see the entirety, or almost the entirety and, of black experience just right there. And then, that, and then that way, when people would, when people would, like, have their moral outrage against the two live crews, or the NWAs, or whatever... You could like legitimately be like, oh no, y'all are on some fuck shit because like this is just a piece of the pie of how we're feeling and what's going on with us. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah, exactly. now that's not that's not some fuck shit. It, like if, if 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 a casual rap listener 
like somebody who's already got it in for hip hop, right? Like somebody like just just imagine like some conservative fucking Republican, like I hate anything urban and blah blah blah. Like somebody who has it in for hip hop can now just like sit on the rate like listen to the radio for ten minutes and legitimately be like, Yeah, hip hop is some destructive shit and people shouldn't listen right. to it. It's bad for communities. And they're not wrong. Like I mean I'm just I just gotta keep it real. Like you know, I I live in the South man, like, you know, like I know motherfuckers who is rolling around with pistols because they heard Young Thug say it, you know? Like, I mean, I, mm-hmm. like, I wish that wasn't the case, and I wish that I could, like, defend hip-hop and saying that that wasn't the case, but it's not the case. Like, the shit does have an influence. All you got to do is, like, shout out the brand name of anything, a couple songs, and you can get, you could turn a company into a four, Fortune 500 company with the power of hip-hop. You know what right. I mean? So the fact that people like have this like cognitive dissonance to just think like, no man, 30 years of people telling you money over bitches, get money, fuck everything, get money, I'm a money, money, I'll fuck these niggas, I'm shooting this nigga, I got so crack too, you know? After a while that has an influence on how people like view the world and just go about doing their, their regular shit. I definitely have like <laughs> a lot of fucking theories on this particular aspect, but. Oh, me, your theories probably line up with my theory, so we're probably, <laughs> we're probably like, yeah, yeah, if you stay tuned, you're either going to hear the theories or you're welcome to call back in and share them. Oh, yeah, no, we, we definitely got to do it again, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, definitely. Cause I don't want I, I to go so long, because I want you to talk about you as an artist, more so how you came in, more about your catalog, okay, sure. you know, as you jump in and everything. Well, yeah, I, I mean, my catalog, I mean, to be honest with you, goes from 2001 up to like now because like I, I when i first started i told you i was in that that rock band and you know we were i was at the time because i lived overseas so i was in high school in singapore and we started this like you know me and some friends started this band it was like senior year i wasn't really like serious about rapping or whatever but literally the first show that we did was in front of like a thousand people like the whole entire school and shit so like that was my first taste of being on stage it was like a thousand people fucking cheering it's like okay we're this is dope i could get into this and we ended up getting like a a record deal with some singaporean record label that's now defunct but we we put out an album and that was it was just like a good like eye-opening experience was like you know seeing how like albums get made and recorded and this is all like coinciding with me like just starting to really get into hip hop as a culture and studying it and, and looking for it and, you know, trying to like, trying to make sure that I know what I'm doing and to know what existed before I decided that I wanted to do it. So I did that. We put that album out, you know, it's, it's whack shit, but it's like, <laughs> it's like, this, it's songs by somebody who just started rapping, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah. and then I, I graduated high school, the band broke up and, I really started getting into battling heavy because, you know, that's when I, when I went to Howard university, there was a bunch of, it's kind of like, that's when BT was doing the freestyle Friday thing. You remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember. Yep. Yeah. So like I, I'd moved, I'd moved to the States to go to college and a lot of the cats in Howard were into that battle scene. So that was my first taste of like freestyling. And then obviously the eight mile movie came out <laughs> and it was like, okay, word, this, is, this is cool. And, um, I got more into that, but then I was in a rap group with some friends and this, this is all the guys I was telling you about who were in Savannah, who were doing the, the hip hop scene here. We started, we kind of formed together and made a rap group and started doing our own booking and our own touring and just like traveling and getting out there. We dropped like two albums. I did all the beats for, or most of the beats for, but that was only because, you know, we didn't have any money to pay anybody to make beats. So I was like, all right, let me learn how to make beats so I can make beats for all of us to rap on. So I've got those two albums out. 
And that's kind of all, all the same sort of thing where it's like, I hadn't really found my voice and I was just kind of rapping just to rap. And really like, you know, something that I actually encourage in a lot of like younger rappers was just like, I was just rapping to like, every song was how good can I rap? And that was like the yeah. intention of every song. And like, you know, in hindsight, listening to it, yeah, it's not really the most interesting thing to listen to. But for me and my growth as a rapper, it was it was good for me to learn how to jam pack and rap as complicated and convoluted as I possibly could. So that when I started getting more of an artistic and songwriters like mindset for things, then it was easier to scale back on it. As opposed to if I started not really giving a fuck about how well I rap and then, you know what I mean? Then exactly. when I start getting like trying to be more of a songwriter, I'm not really that good at rapping. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 and that's it. That's that's a structural thing. That's like yeah, you know, learning. You learn. That's how you learn how to control your voice and how it's. You learn the rhythmic flow. It's like yeah, well, so. there's um there's a a cool interview with uh Jodie Foster where she was talking about um when she was filming Taxi Driver when she was 13 with Robert De Niro and shit. And they were doing like a scene in the diner and they went and got in the scene. And then like she was 13 and Robert De Niro's already like a two-time Oscar winner and shit. So they sit down and do the scene and she starts like going off the cuff and riffing and shit. And Robert, De and Robert De Niro was like, yo, fuck that. That's not what we're doing. Learn the shit and make sure that as a matter of fact, yo, we need to take a break. Me and her are going to go in the back and rehearse. So she said that like they went in the back and they rehearsed and they, he must have made her like repeat word for word every line of the script like 50 times for like an hour and then all of a sudden he started changing shit and making her have to you know respond on the like pretty much the theory was he wanted her to learn the material so well that then it would be easier for her to go off the cuff instead of coming to it half-assed trying to go off the cuff right. yes that's and that's, yeah that's kind of the approach that I took to it so i mean you know every all of my earlier stuff is really like a work in progress to the point where it's like, I don't even really push it or attract that much attention to it. I did do, my first solo album was uh, called 2000 Yards Stare. And I put that out in 07. I think I was like 19 or 20 or 20, 21, something like that. But I put it out and it was, it was pretty heavy. You know, like uh, my, my father was in the midst of passing away. And my older brother like was in Iraq and shit. And my little brother was just in, started to join the Navy and he was probably going to go over there too. So it was like one of those, you know, mind, mind fart type of things where I just kind of had to get it out. But I was in a group of like a group of hip hop guys that I rolled with. There were, you know, engineers, producers, DJs, and we all just kind of focused our energy on making my album as best as we possibly could. And when we put it out and just seeing the reaction to it and, you know, like, was that the Dope Sandwich Collective? Yeah, the Dope Sandwich Collective. Yeah, yeah. Like, like pretty much my first album was to Dope Sandwich, what Easy es first album was to N.W.A. You know what I mean? Where, right. like, everybody in the group was involved, even though it was, like, my album. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes, yes. So, so we, we put that out. And um, to be honest with you, like, I'm some straight up, honestly, like, we put that out. We had already had two Dope Sandwich albums. We were touring. I wasn't doing any business. Like, I wasn't involved in any of the business stuff because the group was so big that, like, we had somebody who was, like, a manager. We had somebody who did booking. And I was just showing up and rap, rapping. And things were going good. So, like, you know, I, I started, like, partying and hanging out with girls and all that stuff and stopped really paying attention to, like, making music like that. Like, or, you know, I was more, I was more interested in like, okay, let's go perform and get money in Aller Chick. So like, I wasn't really like working on the next album. So like, if you look at my discography, my first album comes out in 2007. 
And then my next album doesn't come out until like 2014. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, but around then is when I, you know, at, at that point, the Dope Sandwich group was more or less kind of defunct, you know, and, and just in terms of everybody kind of moving on and going on with life. And I, I was kidless and not married. So, you know, I was like, this is what I want to do. So I'm just going to kind of, going to redouble my efforts and my focus and just like taking in, into account all the lessons that I learned, like rolling with dope sandwich. It's like, I, it's kind of like having like a second life at doing like hip hop. Cause it was like, now I knew what to do and what not to do and what to spend time on and what not to spend time on and what to spend money on and what not to spend money on and so forth, so on and so forth. And just, just generally just approach it with much more of a like, I don't know. I don't want to say a relaxed attitude because I'm definitely not relaxed about it. I definitely take it really seriously, but more of a content attitude that it's like, I know who I'm making my music for now. And that's right. kind of all I really give a shit about. And if, right. if the situation turns out that it's like 10 years from now, I'm like that dude who has a regular job that everybody knows. Oh, yo, you know, that dude can rap. Yo, yeah, man, he's got albums. You should hear that shit. It's really good. That's, totally a possibility that can happen. You know what I mean? And to like, you know, but if something bigger than that was to happen, that would be fucking dope too. But for me, right. I just, I just want to have a catalog of work that whoever does discover it can listen to it and, you know, be able to form an opinion of like, yo, listening to all this dude stuff. I think this dude might've been one of the illest person people to like do this shit that we just never heard of. You know what I mean? Right, and, and, that's, and that's I know, it. I know, it's, it might seem like bottom of the barrel, but I'm, I'm content with that. No, that's just being humble. No. Yeah, and that's yeah. what makes you a, a, a good artist. You know. Yeah, and that's actually, you know, you know, learning your book of business, and actually, like controlling that catalog and opening up with discovery. That's the type of artist that you are, and that's see, right. that's and generally, I'm like that makes people like me your audience, because you know, that's what we're looking for, and that's and there's going to be a generation behind me that's going to be that. There's going to be more of these. The question is, like, how many of these there will be. But the yeah. discovery and the control of the catalog is always on the artist and continuing to exposure um, self to more and more ears is the big thing. Uh, it's, it's trying to you know, get to a particular audience, as you said, because there's a particular yeah. audience that's looking for a particular type of hip-hop. And, you know, people like Murs has been great at it, and other people have been at great at just jumping around because Murray is always jumping around somewhere. It's like, yeah, he's always doing something too. Like, yeah. And the the thing is like Murs, Murs, he, Murs kind of, I think he's got the right idea, you know, like Murs and like open mic Eagle, just in terms of like, you know, me personally and the cast that I look at that when I just have like a fantasy of what I want to be doing with with this shit is like, that's how I envision myself. You know what I mean? Where it's like, Hey, this guy, he drops albums. Sometimes he speaks at colleges. Oh, sometimes he hosts a podcast. Oh, sometimes he 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 drew a comic book one time. You know what I mean? I'm 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 trying to be one of those sort of cats. And like, I want to be the rap yeah. the rap Henry Rollins. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, what I'm that's it, right? That's it. And, and that's, that's really that's the Gambino type of cat. Yeah, yeah. but that's that's, that's, like, really that's, a, that's more the artsy side. Like on some on some candid rapper shit. I'm 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 trying to be one of the the, the dopest niggas alive. Like straight up. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my end goal. Like, <laughs> 
and that's what a hip hop head. That's what a hip hop head is supposed to want. And 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 thank you for it, sir. That's what I, I, feel, feel, I, I, I feel. I feel if I can convince, <laughs> if I can convince ten thousand people on earth that I'm the greatest rapper of all time, then I can like say that to myself <laughs> go to sleep yeah. comfortably at night. Like, yes, I'm the greatest of all time. That, I've got that reinforced by my fans. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, Fred and I, we definitely feel where you're coming from. Us being rappers, yeah. ourselves, you know, you you want to be known as one of the best. It may be far fetched, maybe, maybe not, but you're gonna try. You know, you're never yeah, gonna. Yeah, it's to each zone. Everybody's like motivation is their motivation. You know what I mean? I just exactly. I, when I started rapping, I I started rapping as somebody who wanted to learn a craft, and I didn't start rapping as a fan. You know what I'm saying? So that that's why my perspective is a bit skewed. Like, I started rapping because it was like, somebody asked me to rap. I went and listened to a bunch of rap stuff, and it was like, oh, I think I could practice. I'm really dope with this shit. I think, like, I have... There are other tools that I have that are going on in my brain that, like, lend me to be good at doing this particular craft. But I think if I dedicate myself long enough to it, I can do it. I didn't get into it thinking, like, oh, man, such and such rapper is, like, so dope, and I really, really like them, and I really wish I could rap like them one day. So... I definitely come at it from more of a like competitive gladiator sort of like mindset where it's like, you know, I am comparing my, myself. I'm comparing myself to other people. Like I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I listen to everything just to consume rap, just to like know what everybody's working with, know that right. when I'm talking about stuff that it's not being talked about from a place of not being informed. You know, if I, if I haven't heard it before my opinion, then chances are I try to like not to say too much about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You yeah. got to survey the land. Definitely. When I first started rapping, I did it because I felt like a better version of myself. Being able to put words together in a way that my friends couldn't. Not that I was the yeah. best at putting it together, but I was I was just better than them. Than them, and, exactly. And and then it from that selfish standpoint, it moved into more of a selfless situation where I kind of saw the effect that my shit had on other people had on people and, yeah um, i assume you feel the same way oh yeah no no definitely um it kind of started when i put out that um at least, at least i started getting that reaction from people when i when i put out the the iconoclast album in 2014 yeah. like before then like all the dope sandwich stuff was essentially just backpack party raps you know what i mean like we were like that was our whole thing it was like yeah, mc we motivate the crowd and like say oh you know like just like getting party stuff like we were really on some traditional shit you know we used to when we used to travel and tour like, dead ass, we, like, show up in people's towns with, like, seven MCs, two DJs, like, a whole B-Boy crew, and, like, that was what we sold. That was our package. Like, yo, we're bringing, like, a fucking 1990s hip-hop package to your, like, to your venue tonight. So it was really, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't really, you know, obviously I still had, like, my introspective or whatever, slightly left the center views or whatever, but... It didn't come out the way that it, that it comes out now. It was just all more in service of the party and in service of bigging up the DJ and, like, shouting out the B-Boys and something that people can, like, put on and make sure that the beats are, like, you know, everything's anthemic and people can repeat all the hooks and that sort of thing. But when Iconoclast came out and then it was, like, people... You know, that's when I started getting, like, the odd Facebook message from somebody. It was like, hey, man, you know, I heard what you said, such and such about, you know, loving your son if he's gay and... You know, or, hey, man, that, that line that you said about fucking CIA, like, I really fuck with that, or can you explain what you meant by that? You know, that's when I started getting more interaction like that. And, right. you know, at the time, I was just becoming a lot more, just, just forming my, my own, like, worldview and, and political and philosophical views and shit like that. That it was like, hey, you know, I, the music is now definitely starting to be 
an extension of my personality. Yeah. You know what I mean? No matter whether whether I'm being serious and literal or whether I'm just fucking around or just rapping, it's like it's starting to like people who know me are starting to be able to listen to my music and be like, Oh yeah, that's definitely Mac. You know what I mean? Right. It's an extension <laughs> of yourself. Yeah. yeah. Whereas before that wasn't the case where people would hear me before and be like, All right, I thought you would be seven feet tall and <laughs> you know. That says a lot because I mean, uh, as you were saying about um, you know, kind of being the Henry Rollins of hip hop and all this other good stuff, you know, uh, me beginning as a writer in general, just a you know, like a graffiti writer, and yeah, know, being around actual battle culture, you know, minus the you know what's called like being around the culture culture where you know you couldn't even speak on the mic until you got to a certain point. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? But, though, you know, was going through the conversation, I'm kind of just realizing that all three of us draw. All three of us rap. All three of us like hip hop. <laughs> All three of us are, are, are older cats. We're not young bucks. Like, yeah. Is I don't know. It's like I meet. Although I look like hip hop just though. brings that. <laughs> say what now? What you say? No, I just said I look like I'm still 25 though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You look really. Yeah, yeah. You look real young. <laughs> hip hop brings that, man. Like hip hop yeah. just kind of creative people flock toward hip hop, and not just hip hop creative things in general but i yeah. realized like the type of hip-hop that all three of us are into and aspire to make and in your case have made dope knife like oh thank you man it um it just pulls these creative people it's never that it's never like you just rap like everybody yeah. that i fuck with they're really creative people in all different types of facets and and hip-hop is kind of like where they get to put all of it together so people can get to learn who they are. Like well, you I mean, were just saying a few minutes ago. Because the culture is like, you know I mean? It's, it incorporates like damn near every medium right. into it. You know what I mean? And like hip hop is music, hip hop is dance, it's visual art, it's illustrative art. You know, with, the, with technology, it's graphic design. You know what I'm saying? Like, like hip hop just encompasses everything that is like, I don't know, I think, you know, maybe it's like too romantic, but like I just I just think hip hop has the power to like change the world when used right. It's just cold to the point where it's like I don't really think it gets that chance to shine. I just think people have like kind of distorted views as to like what progress really is. You know what I mean? Like you know, just like I don't want I don't want to make it. I don't know. No, go ahead. I don't want to make it about race again or anything like that. But it's like you know, yeah, you listen to. XXXTestacion and you fuck the drug dealer and he's black and he has dreads so like you're in the house like that's all that's all the, <laughs> that's all the things you know what I mean it's like there's much more to it than just like we're all getting high and fucking each other you know what I mean yep. as far as like the yeah. power of hip hop to bring people together like that that wasn't the, that wasn't the end of it when, when cats were like rocking parties in the South Bronx and shit like that they were like yes yeah, son so we're about to do all the drugs and and we're about to like like you know just like you know and that that's it that that that, that means hip hop is a unifying force that brings people together. It sounds like you just want to bring the shit back to its essence. Is that what you wanted to do when things got worse? As far as like from a musical standpoint, no, not really. Like from a musical okay. standpoint, when things got worse, I was I was trying to make it because I thought 1984 was really boom bappy and really like I, I wanted 1984 to sound like you went to walmart and you found like something in their cd section that said 1995 on it but you had never heard of it and that was like right. the sonic direction that i was going towards with that 
with with the things got worse to be honest with you i was trying to make like a trip-hop album you know what i mean i was i was listening yes. to a lot of like, massive head. attack and portishead tricky you know what i mean stuff like that so i was like man it would be cool to do something like that that just it had like all the singing and like the female vocals on it, but like if you added rap to that shit, like what would it what would it be like if I made a mixtape that I just rapped over Portishead instrumentals? Yeah, you know, and I approached it with that way. But as far as the spirit goes, and making like, hey, you know, you can listen to a song where I'm just in complete rap battle mode, and like you get a sense of a real person behind it, even though it's like funny and bombastic, and it's not necessarily to be taken lightly it's just not fluff that goes in one ear and comes out the other you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. it actually has like at the bare minimum it has some significance to me the person who made it <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, i enjoyed the album because it's like very gritty and experimental and it's it's real fucking hip hop. <laughs> like you Word. can't mistake that shit. <laughs> Word. You can't mistake that shit in any shape, form, or fashion. And you know, I was I was paying attention to the themes of you know, like the harsh realities of life, and you know, your father passing away, and you also talked about how the wool has been pulled over our eyes, if you will, in terms of yeah. life and big corporations, and this whole cynical attitude you had on the album, but not. How can I say not like not not nihilistic, but cynical. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. like yeah, yeah. And I really, I really appreciated that shit. Me yeah, being a writer you, and me really appreciating pen game. I was paying yeah. attention to your syllables, man. Like your syllable <laughs> game, you know how to rhyme some fucking words. Your syllable Yo. game. That's not all that you do. You do a lot of shit. But me yeah. just being a writer, and Fred is a producer, so he probably paid paid attention more to the production. I paid yeah. more attention to the pen. Your pen, like the way you rhyme words, you rhyme words like a motherfucker, man. How, how did yeah. you get that good? Did you practice it? Is it like... Yeah, no, nah, it, was, it was all... Because when I, when I first started the PL, first of all, let me just preface this by saying thank you for asking me something like that because I've been doing a few of these fucking podcasts and like very rarely do I get asked about like the process and shit. So thank you. But yeah, no, like, like when I... The day after homies had asked me to start rapping, I sat down with, I think it was the Where Is Reggie Noble Redman album. <laughs> what else was, it was just whatever was easily available because my pops used to have those, you know, those like old magazines where you can like order like 50 CDs for a dollar. Oh, <laughs> shit like damn. That. So yeah, and we just used damn. to have fucking, we, yeah, like <laughs> in, in the, in like deep in, like at the beginning of the Napster era, like our house was just inexplicably filled with CDs all over the place. So right. when I when I the night that I was like trying to like learn how to rap, I sat down with that Red Man joint, sat down with the first blueprint and Ooh. the Marshall Mathers LP. Oh yeah. And like I just listened to them shits on repeat and on repeat and on repeat and you know, it's it's funny thinking about it now how like actually it like deep I was like thinking about it, but I was like, There's something about this that sounds good to my ear and I was like really trying to decipher what it is that like makes hip hop sound good to me or makes rapping sound good to me. And for me, the more that somebody rhymes, the easier it is to digest whatever they're saying to me. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, it's, it's, it's sort right. of like playing, sort of like playing notes. You know what I mean? Like mm. for a rapper, it's like given the way I look at this, this is all just completely like just in my own head. This is not, <laughs> this is just my, my own personal opinions about it. But it's like, there's like, depending on what a given idea is, like there's already a maximum amount of 
things that you can rhyme in it. And right. some of those rhymes have to be sacrificed just for the sheer sake of making sense. Right. You know what I mean? And and when that's not when that doesn't occur, that's when you have those rappers that are like Botanical Banical, Botanical Banical Banical, Grammy, you know what I mean? It's just like super like, you know, really uber rhyming for rhyme's really sake shit. Yeah, for rhyming for the rhyme's sake and shit. So first you have to like get comfortable like I mean if if rhyming is what you're like really into, it's like first I have to get myself comfortable with like, all right. Some of these rhymes and, and some of the rhymes that I can do over this given beat, I'm gonna have to sacrifice this because else the shit that I'm saying is not gonna make sense. And then like once right. once I figure that out, then it's like writing the basic idea and writing it with basic lines and basic rhymes. And then I would go back and see what I had written, and then just like break it down to a syllable level to add more rhymes into it. Because again, it's all right. about like maximum rhyming. You know, what I mean, I, I just I. You know, I just, everybody who I hear that it's like my ear perks up and it kind of gives, to give myself that recognition of like, oh, this is, this person is different from somebody else who's not at that level. You know what I mean? Is the amount that they rot or the amount of potential to rhyme. Like I, I know Southern cats who are doing trappy, trap, trap, trap shit. But if you listen to their, like you said, what did you say? You said syllable game. If you listen to their syllable game, they are rhyming. And the reason that it's so infectious and catchy is because like, from a musical aspect, the notes are all hitting where they're supposed to hit. You know what I mean? It just yeah. it just sounds pleasing to the ear. You yeah, know what I mean? very tantalizing to the brain. Like your, your, yeah. your mind just kind of that's what it your brain. It's, it's it's easier to so hear it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I, when I listen to hip hop, it's like my brain. If if it doesn't rhyme the way my brain wants it to, I'll kind of my brain will try to kind of correct it. It's like, oh, why didn't you rhyme that word with this? You yeah. know what I'm saying? And not that it's whack. Not that it isn't good. But yeah, no, not that it's whack at all. It's, just, it's, like, like, it's like when you watch, like for me, it's like when I'm watching a movie and like the CGI is like maybe not as good in certain parts as it is. And it kind of takes me out of the movie tell. for a bit. When I'm, listening to like, when I'm listening to rappers and it's like, oh man, you could have made that a, a multi-syllable rhyme right there. It just it just makes that thought pop into my head and kind of takes me out of the music. Mm, that, and lets me know that I'm listening to music. That's what I'm music. saying. That's Whereas what I'm if saying. I listen to somebody like, you know, when I'm, list, when I'm listening to like the, the quote-unquote beasts and shit like that, when I'm listening to Black Dot, when I'm listening to Jay-Z, you know, I'm listening Ooh. to... When I'm listening to old school Eminem or I'm listening to Elsa or any of those cats, I'm almost forgetting that they're rapping because like, it's rhyming so much that it just sounds like they're talking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't, like, nothing's missing a beat, and it's all within it's seamless. the confines of music. I can't, I could go, I just, I love that shit, yeah. It's just, it's just my favorite aspect of, of hip-hop and my favorite aspect of rap, of writing and shit like that. So I definitely had a phase when I was in my early 20s where I was just sitting in the bedroom for hours, forsaking, like, <laughs> any sort of, like, social interactions and just be like, yo how much more can I rhyme? Like, that's what I started right. doing, like, all that fucking, like, super intense shit, like, yo, I'm gonna buy the fucking rhyme dictionary and read it. Oh, fuck I'm you gonna too, go huh? to house party. I'm gonna go to house parties with my notebook so that, mm. so that girls think that I'm really, really intense and, like, you know, uber serious about this, like, rap and shit. And, you know, at first it was posing, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, it was like, you, you learn something from everything. And I just... I just kept practicing with it until, you know, now I'm not even really, I don't know. Now it's like second nature. I don't know. I don't, I don't even really think about it that much when I'm writing now. Right. 
Right. Because I mean, now I now I figure it's like I have enough of a command of doing it that I can kind of right. just like not even think about it and just do what I want to do, and it'll just naturally come out rhyming the way that I'm going to want it to. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. And because and because I'm not just kind of like half-assing it, I'm I'm always cognizant for when I'm not rhyming the way that I want to, and I go back and correct and shit. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, lines on the album is track nine, Basic Instincts. Oh, word, yeah. You kind of everything I throw at you like judo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or I should say, you 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 counter everything I throw at judo. That's what you said. Yeah. Yeah. You exactly counter everything I throw at judo. Yeah. yeah my and favorite I part in that, that, I like the, I like the, um, uh, wait, that's misogynistic. Hey, keep misogynistic. Wait, that just got yeah. explicit. Hey, misogynistic. Yeah. Misogynistic. <laughs> like that shit. That shit, like, if you a real writer, you live for shit like that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Fred, like, Fred knows, like, we, 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 we got to spit and chop it up when we get a, a opportunity. But Fred knows I'm really digging this conversation because I live. Word. Yeah, no, like, bars. I was about to say that, too. Like, we're about to be at our venue, so I got I to gotta hang up a little, a little bit. Say the name of your album and where we can get it. Make sure you shout out your tour. Yeah, so the name is Dope Knife. Uh, the name of the album is Things Got Worse. It's uh, out now on Brick Records. Anywhere online, you can find it digitally. But if you want to get the vinyl or the CDs, you should go to uh, the getondown.com. Yeah, you can order it from there. Um, I'm at Dope Knife on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. And right now, me and my homie Jarv and All One uh, from Vermont and Long Island, New York, respectively. Like we're on tour right now, supporting it. We're gonna be all up in the Northeast. You can just check, like, on Instagram or Facebook and find the dates and everything. And catch us. It's all Northeast stuff, but I'm gonna be doing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be hitting everywhere else as the year goes on and shit. And there's uh, and a lot of a lot of cool cool things in the background going on right now that I can't talk about yet. But you know, Kevin, just keep your ears open. You know. And then, like I said, thanks for your time, man. And like I said, what we'll do, we'll go ahead and set up another time and do part two, man. Because we, we, I think we've got a good chemistry talking to you about a lot of good stuff. And we're gonna, we're yeah, gonna question no, it's dope. Like, I'm yeah. totally down. So, all right. Well, like I said, man. Go and ahead. the next run I go out to, I'm going to try to get something in Birmingham so I can see how. Oh, man. No, oh, yeah. Man, no, let, me no. let me know when you fall back through. I'll make sure that we, because I'm, I'm there a lot with these hip-hop shows. We're definitely. Right? So just let me know. And if you guys ever looking for uh, other cats to, like, holler at, just, like, hit me up, man. Because, I mean, there's, like, you know, it's just funny because you said, you you know, how you discovered my stuff. But there's, like, there's a whole network of indie underground artists out there who are, like, doing the shit just as seriously as I am and just as dope as I am. And they're, they're spread out all over the place. And, you know, every, everybody's looking for an outlet to talk about their shit. So I'll put y'all on this shit if y'all need me to. Oh, yes. Please do. Oh, hell yeah. Please do. Work. Next time we yeah, chop yeah. it up. I really want to get into the album more. I want to break down yeah. every single track, as many oh, bars okay. as we can. Yes. I'm 100% yes. down for that, yeah. Yes. All Do right. your thing, my nigga. We don't want to hold you uh, up. Great talking to you. All right, man. <laughs> all right. I'll holler at you. It was great talking to y'all, though, man. So let's let's do all this right. shit again next month, yeah. Okay. Most, yeah. All right. Easy. All right, man. All right. It'll be easier. This has been another episode of the Grown Ass Man Hip Hop Show. This is a fourth coast media production. Fourth coast?